It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome, guys. It's time for Money for Lunch. And first of all, thank you so very much uh, for tuning in. We have been working diligently to uh, upgrade the show. Uh, we are currently in talks with Pandora to be syndicated there. Excited about that. We're also in talks with uh, multiple uh, networks, if you will. Uh, the, uh, there is a possibility right now that, um, uh, what do you call it, we've been doing more and more videos, so there's the possibility of being picked up by several digital networks, and uh, we hope to have that completed here in the next 30 days. Um, and uh, anyway, it's going to be exciting. So we're doing more with video, and we'll let you know uh, once we have officially launched our video platform. No, our video show. Yeah, our video show. All right. Um, as always, like I said, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate your feedback, your questions, your show suggestion, your topic suggestions, your guest suggestions, all that stuff really helps. All right, so we're going to dive into it. Today's quote of the day, every once in a while, a new technology and an old problem and a big idea turn into innovation. And that is by an inventor named Dean Kamen. Dean Kamen, if you have... If you've never heard of him, uh, you've probably heard of many of his products. His probably his best-known product is, is the Segway. He invented that, but I believe he's got like 150 inventions. I mean, in all areas of life, from you know innovations in the, in, in the helicopter industry, um, as well as uh, you know robotics, just. He's done a lot. The guy is amazing. Uh, anyway, every once in a while, a new technology, an old problem, and a big idea turn into innovation. Today on the show, I'm being joined by Julie and Tony Bombancino. Prior to creating Real Foods Blend, Tony and Julie Bombancino both worked in the digital marketing industry for 15 years and never thought they would be running a food company with a mission to help people with feeding tubes. Today they run a company that has helped tens of thousands of people with feeding tubes discover the power of real food while also raising their two children in the Chicago land area. Julie and Tony, welcome to Money for Lunch. Thanks, Bert. Thanks very much. You bet. You know, one of the nice things about having a a uh, what do you call it uh, uh, you guys on the show is that because uh, it's a uh, what do you call it a male and a female it's going to be very easy to tell who's talking sometimes I'll have uh, you know two guys or two ladies and, yeah. and uh, you can't ever tell who's saying what so this is going to be so much more <laughs> so much Glad easier for all of us to keep track <laughs> yeah. that's right hey. all right so well, let's, let's talk about this here you guys you're doing digital marketing uh, for 15 years. And talk about what made what caught your attention. Why did you go from this 
marketing world to the uh, feed tube feeding world? Well, we definitely weren't sitting around thinking of a, a great new business idea, and it just popped into our head. Um, our son actually had a feeding tube place when he was six months old, and so this landed, you know, straight in our laps, right in our house, um, and is very personal to us. So we really didn't understand or know what a feeding tube was up until the point that our son um, had one placed into his stomach, and. Um, he just did really, really poorly with all the formulas that he was prescribed for those next, you know, six to seven months. Um, he was vomiting every single day. He was mm. chronically constipated, just incredibly unhappy. And um, come to find out, that's not unusual when somebody's been living off of synthetic formulas for, you know, weeks or months. Um, and, you know, because at a certain age, you know, once a baby gets old enough, we go to table food and, and whole foods and, and whole milk um, and fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and whole grains. We're not just, you know, living off of formula for the rest of our lives. And so um, when AJ turned about one, um, you know, we did what we're not supposed to do when we went to Dr. Google and figured out that, hey, this is not unusual for, you know, being on a feeding tube, that they're puking every day. Um, and have you tried to blend up real food and put that through his feeding tube? And so that's what we did. <laughs> um, and those first few weeks, we were so excited. He was doing great. He was keeping food down. He was gaining weight. The color came back to his skin. He stopped puking every day. He was pooping on his own. Um, but very quickly, <laughs> we realized, wow, this is a heck of a lot of work to make every single morsel of food from scratch to go through a feeding tube for somebody. So we went looking for something kind of pre-made that we could, you know, take off some of the burden of having to cook all of the time and blend all of the time and store it and make it easier for us to leave the house and go on vacation and go to the doctor's visits and therapies. Um, and it didn't exist. So that was truly our light bulb moment. Um, again, it was, it was in our own home is where this all came from, not from <laughs> just trying to research what, you know, what kind of markets need to be disrupted. Yeah, yeah. And, but this is this is the thing that's interesting. I mean, when you look back at uh, a lot of our innovations, a lot of our disruptions, they come organically, a personal problem that, uh, you know, that was close to home, and it changes, you know, it changes those people's lives, and then they finally get that aha moment saying, hey, if this is going to help us, it may also change other people or affect other people. And so the name of the company, just for our listeners who might want to check it out, is called Real Food Blends. Is that right? Yes, Real Food Blends, and it's at realfoodblends.com. Okay, so I just want to, you know, make uh, sure that everybody can check it out, realfoodblends.com. Um, all right, so so here you are. You're, you're doing this for your son, and um, were you, like, shocked? that, uh, as you mentioned right in the very beginning there, Julie, that uh, it's very common for, you know, for the puking and the constipation and all that other stuff. Did, did you, like, say, I can't believe this is all we have? All right, well, it looks like we're having a little technical glitch there. Let's see if we can get them back. Anyway, so today we're being joined by Julie and Julie and Tony 
Bombasino, and the company we're talking about is Real Food Blends, and we had a little tech issue there. Are you guys back? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're here. here. Okay, excellent. All right, so my last question was, were you guys just shocked that when you got into this, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, this subculture of feeding tubes that there was literally, you know, I guess no change, that, that it was accepted, that that you know, people on feeding tubes are going to be constipated and, and, and they had such little choices other than, you know, formula? Yeah, so, you know, we're first parents before we're entrepreneurs in this space. So I, I think the short answer is we, we were certainly surprised, but we didn't, we didn't know any better at, at first. So you're, you're in shock, right? We were told yeah. our son had a 45-minute seizure when he was six months old out of the clear blue. And then wow. uh, a month or so later, he needed to get a feeding tube and there's many different reasons why you need a feeding tube from oral cancer to ALS to brain injuries and hundreds of other uh, reasons. And what we found uh, personally and what we see with our own customers and people in our community is that you're dealing with so much already that you're not starting to question your dietitian or your doctor out of the gate. Those are the people we trusted, right? And thanks to the internet, we can get access to information faster than ever and be able to say, this doesn't make sense, you know? My, there's got to be a better way than just giving our child or our adult loved one the same thing for every single meal. And Julie and I kind of looked at each other and said, this isn't how he'd be eating if he was eating with his mouth. Um, there's got to be a better way. So that was really, that was really when we stepped back for, for a minute and just kind of stopped blindly listening to, you know, the medical community, um, who we love greatly, but you also have to advocate for yourself that's when the light bulb really started to go off. Like, wait a minute, it's just the feeding tube going into the stomach. Let's figure out how we can get them a wide variety of food like weeds. And this was seven and a half years ago now. Uh, This was seven and a half years ago now. So luckily times have changed quite a bit in the last seven and a half years. We like to think we had a little bit to do with that. Um, More research has come out, which, again, we're not medical professionals, so we laugh. We're like, oh, you need research to prove that putting real food into a stomach is a good thing? (laughs) Yeah, it's been done. Um, that's kind of how medicalized this process has had become, that it was only these synthetic formulas that were primarily corn syrup-based um, that were being fed people over and over again. And medical advances are keeping people alive a lot longer with feeding tubes um, than ever before. You know, this used to be more of an end-of-life issue. And now, if you look at our son, he's going on eight years of being 100% dependent on a feeding tube. And during those eight years, on doctor's orders, he would have never had a vegetable in his entire life had we not done this, and that would have been okay. You know, we would have kept medicating him for all the side effects and kept pumping the formula in, but he would have never had a vegetable on doctor's orders. So, um, again, luckily things are changing. The industry is changing. Um, the mindsets are changing, especially as we continue to have people, um, you know, living longer and longer, you know, dependent on feeding tubes. Yeah, and and – it is amazing, uh, and, and you know, like like Tony said, look, uh, the medical medical professionals, look, they're, they're doing the best they can. They, they when you have a chronically ill child or a chronically ill loved one, you start to understand how boxed in the medical community thinking is. First of all, right? They they have blinders on. Uh, it's amazing to me that that uh, as you said, Julie, that uh, 
somebody would say, hey, well, is this medically sound? Uh, what do you mean, whole, uh, whole foods, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables? You, you want research on that? I think it's already been done. Uh, but I can absolutely see that. I mean, you know, I remember, uh, you know, I remember telling my doctor that uh, uh, he had prescribed, uh, I, have, I have a weird condition that when I start to eat, my nose runs. And sometimes just chewing gum, my nose will start running. And so the doctor had prescribed this spray. And, of course, you know, all medication uh, has side effects. And I thought, you know what, there's got to be something else. So I started, I started uh, uh, taking a bunch of vitamin C. I think I got it to the point where I was taking like 15,000 and whatever the measurement is, 15,000 units of vitamin C a day. But – it stopped my nose from running when I was eating. And my doctor, when I told my doctor of my success, he says, well, you got to be careful. You don't want to, you don't want to overdose. You, you know, you, you know, you, you could, you could cause some problems there. And I asked him, I said, are you aware of any research out there that vitamin C has hurt anybody? No, I, I'm not aware of it right now. And, and so, you know, uh, but, but, they do have blinders on, and like Tony said, you have to be your own advocate. Uh, this is the only way it really truly works. You have to be, you have to do a deep dive and get involved. So let's go back to um, Real Food Blend. So you launched the company. Let's talk about the, the launch. Did you guys have a large budget? How did you start the company from scratch? Talk about this. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, um, you know, luckily at the time I was a stay at home mom, you know, taking care of our son, AJ and our daughter, Luca. Um, so I, I was able to, um, basically dust off my MBA that I hadn't used in a couple years and put together a business plan and really research, you know, what does this market look like? What's the size, you know, how many other people are out there like AJ? Um, so that was probably a good, you know, three to four month process. Um, Tony and I decided to go for it. Uh, reached out to some angel investors that we knew to get some startup capital because this wasn't something that we were making in our kitchen or that we could go to the farmer's market and make. This was, you know, shelf-stable, medical-grade, um, you know, USDA, FDA-regulated, you know, food. Um, so we needed a little bit of startup capital. So it took us about um, probably not quite two years to get this all the way up and going and to deliver the first meal. So we delivered our first meals in January of 2014, um, just through the internet, so there was no insurance coverage, no you know doctor recommendations, things like that. Uh, we sold out very quickly of our first um, three productions of our first three meals uh, within a matter of days, actually. And wow. then um, we were kind of off to the races at that point. So, you know, I don't think that this company would have existed had it not been for Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> which is a really strange thing to say because you wouldn't think that they're related, but. Facebook really is where, you know, we got a lot of our early customer feedback and intel and what people were doing and finding other people were having these issues too. And so there was a huge grassroots movement to, um, you know, share our products, promote our products. You know, most of our customers at that point were buying, you know, a couple cases and taking that into their doctors and dietitians offices and saying, hey, I want this. You know, my mom deserves to have real food. My kid isn't throwing up when they have this write me a prescription for us so I can get my insurance to cover it. So, again, since January 2014, you know, we've been fully back in stock um, since May of 2014 with now we have six different meal varieties, which is a, a big difference in this world. So every other um, 
you know, formula manufacturer out there in this space makes a formula. And, and if you talk about your feeds and what is this person on, not what did you have for breakfast today? What meal are you having for dinner? So there's a, a decency to this and a, and a basic human, um, you know, right, you know, to have food um, and an element of normalcy that we think is incredibly important to, um, you know, the psychological health of the person and the family as well. And sure, I think you sure. just to add on to what you- what Julie was saying there, Bert, is that we were, Julie and I aren't doctors or dietitians by trade. And so I think we were, not only were we kind of frustrated and ticked off parents, but we were able to, uh, we had no bias, right? We had no, we weren't trained, this is how you do it. This is the formula. This is how it works in the industry. So we asked simple questions like, why can't it be like this? Or why can't we do this differently? And we were really, really able to penetrate a market. A multi, it's a multi-billion-dollar market market that was ripe for disruption, and it, it's pretty cool to be able to, you know, go from being a couple couple of parents trying to help their own son to now in 2019, we've doubled our product line. We've sold millions and millions of meals across the country. Uh, the meals are covered by many insurance plans, and we've got over 110,000 people in our Facebook community which is really an amazing thing. And it's, it's less about us and more about um, to watch the dialogue of, of people helping each other across the country that are going through some tough stuff. And we never claim to have a cure for cancer or ALS or any of the tough things that people might be going through. But if we can just make life a little bit easier and make nutrition one thing they don't have to worry about, that's, that's a good thing for us. Absolutely, absolutely. And, again, I want to give out the, uh, the website, realfoodblends.com. If you guys go there, uh, I love the way you guys have laid out this website. Uh, you have, you know, people that normally would not be taking pictures of feeding tubes, uh, you know, who are looking like, you know, they're so glad that they've discovered uh, realfoodblends.com. Uh, you know, it's just awesome. And, and it's got to, you know, as entrepreneurs, we love to make money and, and we definitely, you know, want to make an impact on people's lives and there's, you know, and stuff like that. But, but this is really making an impact on people's lives. And, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where you guys could have said, you know, this is a, you know, this is a, an, uh, what do you call it, a, a problem or, or whatever that our son has. Uh, but luckily, for whatever reason, you were inspired to look a little bit further, right? You just didn't accept it. You didn't accept this condition as the norm. You started looking a little bit further. And because of the entrepreneurial background, you had that aha moment that we might be able to, you know, make a change. Worst case scenario, we're going to make it better for our son. Best case scenario, we're yeah. going to make yep. it better for a lot of people. And that's got to yeah. be really such a fulfilling thing. Yeah, no, it definitely is. You know, we, we are very lucky. We don't dread going to work. We haven't in eight years. Not that there hasn't been some, you know, tough times. But it's right. been, um, you know, this is our family that we're fighting for. This is our son, obviously. But there's so many other families out there like ours. And, it's you know, not a day goes by that we don't get one of those pictures sent in to us or a phone call or a letter um, about, you know, my mom that was in a nursing home, you know, my husband that's been on chemotherapy for three years and is, you know, losing weight and now he's doing better and feels human again because he actually got food in his stomach, not 
synthetic, you know, process formulas. So it's incredibly rewarding for us, you know, but yes, it would have been a heck of a lot easier had this existed seven and a half years ago. We just would have bought a heck of a lot of it <laughs> and kind of gone along our merry way. <laughs> uh, you know, we'd probably still be in our digital marketing careers. Um, but, you know, again, life gives you lemons, right? And so we've, we've turned it into lemonade and, um, you know, we call our son AJ, we call him the chief inspiration officer of Real Food Blend. He's our CIO. <laughs> Um, he needs a title. He needs a big title. He's a big boy. So, you know, it's very few entrepreneurs, I feel like, can, can you know, draw back and look at, you know, what they have created and be able to say, you know, we are thankful for this hard time in our life and this hard thing happened to us because we've been able to turn it into something that's helped others. Absolutely. It, it, you know, interestingly enough, one of the things that uh, uh, that I live by, one of, one of our sayings here at the Martinez household uh, but it took me a long time uh, to get to this point uh, is that we, as humans, we can do hard things. And sometimes we want to avoid hard things and, and we, uh, you know, hard things are unpleasant. They can, I mean, sometimes they're emotionally difficult. Sometimes they're physically difficult. Um, nobody says, hey, let me sign up. I want to have a feeding tube. That's the journey I want to take. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, you get sometimes life gives you lemons, so you can make lemonade, right? I mean, how many other people, and you know that there's probably, would have, there's probably some other parents out there that maybe had this idea or close to this idea but didn't have the, the courage to take it on because it's such a huge, overwhelming thing. Yeah, it was pretty scary. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a combination. That's where the husband-wife combo comes into play, I think, is that, you know, Julie and I had the business background. So a lot of things that trip up entrepreneurs, whether it's finding a good lawyer or accountant or figuring out how to build a website or raise money, we were, we were very lucky that we had friends and mentors and family members to support us. You know, we knew nothing about the food supply chain and we weren't dietitians, but we knew all that other stuff. And so... Um, yeah, as much as we had courage and we kind of took a leap of faith, it was truly the intersection between a tough thing being put in our face and not having a choice and having an unbelievable support network to make us you know, and really push us forward to say, you know what, the worst case scenario truly is we'll just go get jobs, right? If this all fails, it, at least we tried. Uh, we yeah. were young enough. And, and that's kind of, and trust me, the first two and a half years, we blew through about 60% of our life savings and there are many days when, when Julie and I weren't best friends, um, but now when you fast, fast forward, we've, we've got employees in seven different states and, you know, have multiple warehouses. And, and it's kind of crazy sometimes when you think about the scale where we went from in our kitchen to where we are now. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting and rewarding thing to, you know, as a business, we're a profitable, healthy business, so we can, you know, give good jobs and a, a good place to work to our employees and our team. Uh, we can take care of ourselves financially. And, but the, the biggest rewarding thing, again, not to keep being redundant, is that Facebook community and the emails we get. And I think that's really what continues at fuel to us to say, what else can we be doing? How, how else can we make a difference? So, okay, I got to ask you this, because uh, I don't know anything about uh, feeding tubes. Uh, so when somebody, uh, feeds themselves with a feeding tube, do they get to, is there any taste sensation at all? I mean, or is it just going straight into, I guess, the stomach or the, 
And, you know, I don't, I guess the stomach, uh, so do they get any taste sensation with that at all? Uh, so there is an element of taste. So, I mean, first and foremost, the, the, the vast majority of people with feeding tubes have a working digestive system. It's just that they can't safely get the food into their stomach. So that's gotcha. really important to, to realize that, oh, so wait, everything we know about good nutrition still applies, right? <laughs> that you still need vegetables, you still need fruits, whole right. grains, lean proteins, a variety of these things are good for that body. Um, it's just they can't safely get it in there. And usually that, that is a neurological dysfunction. Um, so if you think of ALS, you know, stroke, uh, traumatic brain injuries, cerebral palsy, things like that, it's just that the swallowing mechanism isn't working quite right and they may aspirate. They'll get food into their lungs. So that's the first part of that question. Um, and then the second part, yes, taste does matter to people with um, oral or, or with feeding tubes. And so they experience it first and foremost by smell. So that's how our digestive system actually kicks on is that you smell food. I mean, I'm sure that you've smelled food before and your mouth is watered. That's called yeah. a cephalic phase. Um, so, so there is a smell factor to it, which is very different than smelling kind of, you know, metallic smelling formula. <laughs> um, and then they do burp it up. And I know that might sound kind of unpleasant to us, but the vast majority of, um, you know, adults that talk to us about this, and, you know, obviously we're eating regular food their whole lives, and then they have to be in a feeding tube, and so they can kind of tell us the before and after. They usually say that's a pleasant experience to them because they're not getting any other taste sensations. And so right. the taste things or to burp up things like, you know, oranges or chicken or even salmon <laughs> um, is a pleasurable thing because it's at least a, an experience of taste. So taste does matter. It's not our primary concern with this market, obviously. You know, the primary concern was that for us is, you know, it has to fit through the feeding tube and not clog it. Um, and it has to, it had to be 100% real food. We weren't going to put any additives or fillers. I mean, even vitamins and supplements. Like, you know, we just wanted pure, straight food. Yeah, yeah. All hey, right, so let's talk. Hey, Bert. Go ahead. Sorry, you know, before we get too far away from it, I, th I think something important there, too, is that, you know, Julie talked about that the majority of people with a feeding tube, are, it's issues not with their digestive system, but with swallowing. The same is true. A lot of, a lot of people we found at the very beginning people seem to think that everybody is cognitively impaired with a feeding tube. And many people that have a feeding tube, kids and adults, are able to talk to you and tell you what it tastes like, what they're feeling. And so that's been a huge driver for us, is we can talk to adults that have oral cancer or ALS or a kid that uh, has a feeding tube like our son that's verbal and say, hey, you know what, my tummy feels better, or ooh, that smells good. And that's really been insightful for us. It's one thing to like anecdotally think and say, yeah, taste matters. But to hear it from the people with the feeding tubes and the people that have had from uh, a wide variety of formulas, real food blends, that's, that's kind of our, our, uh, our best guide forward is just listening to what customers have to say. Sure, sure, absolutely. All right, so you mentioned uh, you guys started with Facebook. Uh, and so I want to make a, a distinction here. When you guys started with Facebook, did you start just posting social media type, you know, organic type, non-paid for posting, like, hey, guys, here's what we're launching. Let me know. And did you also do the paid, paid advertising on Facebook? Was it a combination when you got started, or did you start one versus the other? Talk about this. Yeah, you know, the first couple of years, we didn't do any paid Facebook. Actually, we didn't do any, any paid marketing in general or advertising. We didn't need to. This is such a unique concept in this space that, again, the – the word of mouth just grew like wildfire. And I mean, Facebook is so key for, 
you know, anybody in, in any disease state or caring for somebody in disease state, you're going on Facebook and you're trying to find others that have that condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to tease sometimes that, you know, seven and a half years ago or even now, I can't just roll into Starbucks and say, hey, does anybody else have a kid with a feeding tube? I'd like to talk to you about your experience and share my experience, you know. It doesn't work that way, but it does work that way in Facebook. So you can go in and search, like, you know, pulmonary fibrosis. You can search oral cancer, and you can find others kind of going through your similar situation. And so that is where we saw so much growth early on. Um, it, it really was amazing to see. Um, and again, like I talked about earlier, you know, those customers or those, you know, Facebook likes were, were buying our product, taking it into their doctors and dietitians. And the doctor or dietitian was calling us and saying, hey, I want more samples. You know, do you have the right code for this? How can I get insurance coverage for this? You know, can we add you to formulary? So it just, you know, we had some early adopters in the medical community. I mean, even, you know, as far up as the Mayo Clinic, um, the Cleveland Clinic, some really big names really early on that, you know, added fuel to this fire that we didn't need to do a whole bunch of um, marketing spend. Now, you know, that's changed to a certain extent as we've, honestly, as, as we've been able to grow more and profit more, we've been able to reinvest more back into the company. So we do do some marketing spend now. Um, we do have some sales representatives that are all registered dietitians. They mostly do education, you know, in the medical community about real food in the feeding tube. Um, but we're still really lean on that, um, kind of because we can be. And, you know, I mean, the, the elephant in the room here is that we're going up against two major Goliaths in this industry um, that could outspend us, you know, till kingdom come. <laughs> So we're trying to be smart about our marketing spend um, as smart as possible and, um, you know, utilize our community as well. Sure. Well, and, and what's going to happen, and, and it, it, most likely, as, as you continue to grow, uh, it's possible that one of these Goliaths are going to come back and say, hey, Julie, Tony, let's talk. Let's do something. Let's, <laughs> let's buy you out. You know, and, 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 Hopefully, if that happens, that they will have the same level of care and, and, and uh, that you guys are obviously bringing to the to you know to uh, real food blends. And I think that's that's an important thing. So so okay, so you started organically, and, and again, you guys have mentioned this, but I want to make sure that we're super clear on this. It seems like you guys started raising funds it was like uh, 2012, and then you launched 2014. Is that what it was? Uh, we really didn't start fundraising until 2013. You know, 20, 2012, we kind of spent in the R&D phase and all of that. So 2013, we did some fundraising, launched the first meals in 2014, and then did, um, you know, basically our investors came back in and doubled down to pay for some inventory. So, you know, we raised a little over a half million dollars just to get the company, you know, completely up and running um, at that point. So that was, you know, 2013-ish. <laughs> but we've never raised right. any money since then, company is profitable and growing and uh, it's a good good thing yeah yeah and, but I, I just wanted to point it out that there was a, a time there between hey let's do this and and you're, you know you're getting to know the industry when I say the industry the food industry how all this is going to work you're getting uh, you're experimenting in your kitchen and it seems like from the time that you decided we're going to do this to the time that you launched that first uh, you had the first uh, uh, feeding tube uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, foods to go out or, you know, formulas to go out, it was a couple of years, right, roughly? It was not, yeah, not just under two years, but yes. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and, and so that's, uh, 
you know, it's part of the entrepreneurial journey sometimes, uh, especially when you're doing something like this that, that uh, has so many different facets. What were some other maybe obstacles that you guys had to overcome or maybe some surprises that, that you had uh, that you weren't expecting when you're uh, launching Real Food Blends? Um, you know, I mean, the first obstacle, I think, um, you know, within that almost two-year time frame was finding a manufacturer. So, again, I can't, you know, we could just mix this up in our kitchen or even a commercial kitchen because there's an element of shelf stability that is, um, you know, ripe for issues <laughs> um, yes. if you don't get it right. And it's, you know, USDA and FDA regulated. So, um, you know, a lot of food manufacturers don't particularly want to work with entrepreneurs because they don't want to turn the lights on for less than a million units. <laughs> so, you know, that was the first one, which we were able to kind of, you know, convince our manufacturer, who they've been our manufacturing partner now for the entire time, and they're fantastic, and they took a flyer on us early. Um, so that was, that was really important. So that's probably the biggest thing, the biggest obstacle I think food companies face is, is finding somebody that'll, you know, manufacture it for you, you know, safely. Um, that was a big one. And then I think that the second one, and we still deal with this today, is that, you know, there has been kind of a happy duopoly, you would say, in this industry for 35, 40 years that, you know, this company makes this one and this company makes basically the exact same version of it. But it's, you know, so there's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of um, contracts in place. There's a lot of rebates in place. There's a lot of um, big business stuff that, you know, we weren't looking to, and we're still not looking to provide, you know, infant formula and all these different disease state formulas and oral formulas. You know, we, we just make this 100% real food meal for people with feeding tubes. So it's a very different um, concept <laughs> in this space. So some of those, those contracting, those formularies, those, you know, even the, the Medicaid and Medicare system has been, um, you know, a trial. Some of it was very easy, and some of it is, is getting more and more difficult as we continue to grow um, and get into things like group purchasing organizations and um, formulary decisions. So it, that's kind of our next bigger obstacle, which has kind of rare, reared its head over the last, you know, five and a half, six years occasionally. Gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, uh, we're, we're out of time, but I wanted to ask you this. What advice would you give someone who is thinking about getting started in business? Okay. Yeah, so, sorry, Bert, I was making sure that was, that was the end. Um, yeah, you know, that's, I always say to people, I, I try not to give advice, but tell you, hey, here's what I've learned and what's worked for me. And the first thing that I always say to younger people, if they're listening or anybody that's trying to go down this crazy entrepreneurship path, is make sure you truly believe and are passionate enough about what you're about to do, because if not, you'll give up. And, you know, we talked about our two years, and it's really three, three years or more. It's really easy to give up, whether it's funding, whether it's emotions. You know, I'm not the first one to say entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey. Um, and so you got to really want it and believe in what you're doing. And then, you know, secondly, uh, you can't pay your bills with your idea or your, or your smile. Um, so you got to figure out how to be funded and have, have those backup plans. Um, so there's an emotional side to how I think about business, and then there's also the financial side. Um, and the third leg of the stool for me is mentors and people you can tap into, so free, free consulting. Yeah, I like that, free consulting, Absolutely. 
You know, uh, there's a, uh, an interesting book, doggone, I forgot the name, but it's a, it, it is a, it's a book about the, it's, I think it's called Conspiracy or something, or the first conspiracy, and it's about the conspiracy that uh, there was a conspiracy to assassinate or get rid of, not necessarily kill, but they wanted to get rid of George Washington. And this, this, these two guys did all this massive research. And what was interesting to me is right after George Washington was elected or selected or whatever to be the, the uh, general of the army, the first thing he did, is he went and ordered not one, but two different books on strategy and warfare because he had not been an active military person for like 15 years. And I just think, yeah. man, to me, that is just, you know, it, it sounds funny, but it's so true. Hey, you know what? I got to do some research. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run the, uh, you know, this uh, American uh, military. I better get a couple of books to help me on strategy and warfare. So were there any particular books that helped you guys out or any books that you guys would recommend? Um, you know what? Tony and I are both pretty big business book readers. I'm a big podcast listener as well when it comes to business things. And we're both huge Gary Vaynerchuk fans um, to get kind of pumped up for certain things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's been a lot. I mean, <laughs> years ago, you know, we, we – through our other jobs and everything. I mean, the Blue Ocean Strategy, like all of those different, you know, the Seth Godin books. Um, you know, we've been kind of avid business people for, you know, now 20 years almost that we uh, we continue to try to read. And actually, we started a book club here at Real Food Lens um, for our sales team, which is fun because <laughs> we have a remote sales team. So it's nice to bring things together. So I think that's key. Keep your mind sharp. Um, I guess my only question about the George Washington thing is, did Amazon deliver it next day, or was it two days shipping back then? <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you get the book? <laughs> you, you, you know, it probably took two or three months for him to get these books, but I just thought, I, you know, I just thought that was so hysterical and, and so eye-opening yeah. that here is George Washington, a they're about to go to war. I got to pick a couple of books so I can refresh my, uh, my skills a little bit. You know, books are important. Mentors are important. Are Whether they come to a book yeah. or a podcast or an audio book. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. uh, Tony and Julie, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. I'm going to put a link here for realfoodblends.com, realfood, realfoodblends.com, and uh, looking forward to having you back again. Great. Thanks, Bert. We appreciate the time. Thanks very much. You bet. Good stuff there from Julie and Tony Balmancino. Disrupting the feeding tube industry, not because they wanted to, but really because they had to, right? That We're all given this opportunity. We see something that's before us, and sometimes we talk ourselves out of it. We say, well, if this is such a good idea, somebody else would have done it before. You know, money, I mean, business isn't just money. It takes courage. It takes chutzpah. It takes commitment. And maybe the reason somebody didn't do it before is because it's going to be hard, but it's been given to you to act on it or to pass it on to somebody else. As always, my friends, thank you so much for listening. Please, let's share this very important episode with everybody you know. Let's help those individuals who might be suffering from just ordinary feeding to choices, 
to these better feeding tube choices. As always, my friends, remember you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.